0: One, two, three, four. Put <laughs> you're in the zone. <laughs> you are in the zone. Um, right. We are totally, fully set up and ready to go. Chapter twenty two in the Nat as B. So, Justin. Yes. With your permission, sir, I would like to start us off here. Do
1: it. Send it.
0: Very cool. Okay. Genesis chapter 22. The offering of Isaac. Now it came about after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, And he said, here I am. He said, take now your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac, his son. And he split wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham raised his eyes and saw the place from a distance. Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey and I and the lad will go over there and we will worship and return to you. Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on on Isaac, his son. And he took in his hand the fire and the knife. So the two of them walked on together. Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, My father. And he said, Here I am, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood. But where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. So the two of them walked on together. Whoa. Where did, how did we get here? This Crazy. is a, this is a very interesting um, situation that God has Abraham in at the moment.
1: Yes, it is. Um,
0: Obviously, the.
1: Did you want to summarize it for us?
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So now it came about after these things. Basically, what things are we talking about? Um, Isaac was ultimately born. Abraham sent Hagar and Ishmael into the wilderness. And according to what God told him to do. And so this is after that. um, And. Now, it appears Isaac has grown up a little bit. Isaac's no longer, you know, he's post-weaning. Um, you know, they just had that festival. They just had that festival in which he was weaned. And people, scholars believe that was around two to three years old. But now we're, we've jumped into the future. Isaac's much older. And God specifically comes to Abraham and tells Abraham that he needs to take his son to the land of Moriah and offer him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains. And so Abraham starts on this trek to go and and make this offering. And uh, Abraham also specifically asks Isaac to carry some wood while Abraham carries the fire and the knife. And so just with that one verse, you start to think, well, fire, when I think fire, right, maybe that was a torch or maybe some type of fire starting equipment. But it sounds like Abraham's not carrying a heavy load, right? Isaac's carrying the heavy load here up to this mountain. And Isaac asked a really good question. Um, Hey, where's the where's the lamb for the burnt offering? Right, we're taking all this equipment to go up there and do an offering.
1: Awkward, But, but right?
0: where's the equipment? And Abraham ultimately says that God will provide the burnt offering. So one of the reasons, obviously, why you know it's believed that Isaac was a little bit older is obviously he's carrying a heavy load. I think there's also an indication here that Ab- uh, Isaac you know, is likely stronger than his father at this point. Um his father is well over 100 years old. He gave birth to Isaac when he was 100 years old. And Isaac was likely at least 10 years old I would imagine, right? So, you know, likely a little bit older is the impression that I'm getting. Um We don't know for certain, but he's old enough to to carry something heavier than his father, which might incline people to believe the reader to believe that Isaac could potentially overpower his father in the event that he needed to, which is interesting. Uh, we haven't got, we haven't quite got to that point. Um, I'll save some of that for the next paragraph. Um, also you see here that God, you know, how could, how could God, the, obviously Abraham in this section is on his way to, performing what God ultimately asked him to do and how has Abraham's faithfulness increased so much you know you don't this is this this Abraham is is a man of stronger faith than I think that we see in some of the other passages um with Abraham and so how did Abraham ultimately get to this point you know why would he be willing to do this to begin with well Abraham's already seen God do quite a few miracles um, up until this point. We find in chapter 12, um, the Lord inflicts serious diseases on Pharaoh and his household because of Abraham's wife, Sarah. Um, so he sees God working in his life there. Chapter 15, we see the Lord appearing to Abraham during the covenant ceremony, in which the Lord passes between the sacrifice as a smoking fire pot and fire pot blazing torch. Chapter 16, we see the angel of the Lord appearing to Hagar, who would have undoubtedly shared this information with Abraham the first time Hagar leaves, and, and the angel of the Lord tells Hagar to come back. Chapter 19, Abraham sees the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. Chapter 20, we see the closing of the wombs of Abimelech's wife and female slaves until Sarah was returned to Abraham chapter 21. We see the miraculous birth of Isaac from his 90 year old wife, which obviously defies um, all science and all possible other explanations, how a woman of that age could possibly give birth. And so, not only that, the Lord appears and speaks to Abraham a multitude of times. So Abraham has a lot of confidence, right? That 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 ultimately Sarah's. Abraham has a lot of confidence that God is going to sort this situation out. You know, he the God the, to trust God. He's built up this faithfulness. He's seen what God has done in his life, and he he just he's a much stronger man of faith um, at this time. Additionally, what we also see is uh, in previous chapters, God specifically promises to Abraham a covenant with his son through his wife, Sarah, as well as basically more descendants than you could possibly ever count. And here are the verses. Chapter 17, verse 19. God said, yes, but your wife Sarah will bear you a son and you will call him Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his descendants after him. So uh, clearly Isaac has a, has a, a blessed future. Um, additionally, in chapter 15, of Genesis verse 5, took him outside and said, look up at the sky and count the stars. If indeed you can count them, then he said to them, so shall your offspring be. So there's a big promise for Isaac in the future. And so Abraham, having seen the miracles before, could have likely thought, hey, this is one of those situations where God can, if I, If I sacrifice my son, God can bring Isaac back to life if He wants to, or find other some find some other means to to accomplish God's promises through His specifically through His son Isaac. So there's just now with all that said, with all that said, that must have been a tough thing, okay? Especially with his wife Sarah, right? Hey, uh, God's asking, you know, God's asking me to basically take our son up to, um, this mountain and sacrifice him. Now it doesn't say whether that conversation was had before they left. Um, I don't know if that's clearly specifically mentioned, but that's a tough, that's a tough thing to, even with all that, that's a really tough, imagine putting yourselves in that shoe in their shoes. You know, that's a crazy tough thing. That's not something that's just, you could easily, easily do. Um imagine on that walk he had a lot of opportunity to reflect on what he was really doing and i'm sure many a doubts popped into his head um but it's you know he's he's making this trek on his way up there what do you think
1: yeah man those were some good points so uh, the 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 walk was actually around 50 miles because they were in Beersheba and they went to Mount Moriah. And Mount Moriah is actually where the, the, the Temple Mount would end up being in the Old Testament. So it's a significant place. And I don't think, so I don't think based on what I see in scripture that Abraham had the conversation with Sarah ahead of time. I think she found out after and uh, in, in a, a chapter that, that's coming up quick, I'll I'll explain that um, because it's something that's in that chapter. So I agree with you, man. This would be such a difficult thing. Um, and I also agree that we see Abraham's faith in this chapter is just astounding. And so he had waited so long for this son, right? He, it was right. such a hard test to wait this long. And now... God's telling him to go kill Isaac and even though it didn't make sense, he had that that's where Abraham's faith kicked in I believe is when he thought I'm gonna look God made this promise, I'm gonna follow his command And I mean we see and when it said he got up early in the morning to do it, I think it's probably the scenario was he may not have slept all night right? If you're gonna kill your son in the morning, be hard to get some good rest and so
0: this was his pride and joy right he's yeah, been waiting this is, for this son
1: yeah ishmael's
0: gone
1: yep i so mean this was, is
0: this isn't one of those things when your kid goes and your kid and goes into the wilderness like you don't know if you're ever going to see them again likely you're not ever going to see them again this is all he yeah. has at this point this is this is his only son
1: yeah and i like the point you made i want to reference hebrews chapter 11 verses 17 through 19 mm-hmm. it says by faith abraham when he was tested offered up isaac and he who had received the promises was offering up his only begotten son it was he to whom it was said and isaac your descendants shall be called he considered it that god is able to raise people even from the dead from which he also received him back as a type so <clears throat> I, you know i believe abraham even though historically, he Abraham had never seen God raise anyone from the dead, right? So his historically, or biblically, like historically, that had not happened yet. And so Abraham had faith that God could do something, that God could do anything. And so even though he hadn't seen, he had seen God do legitimate miracles, but there was still this, it still took a lot of faith for Abraham to be like, look, I think he's going to raise him from the dead. Um, and just some interesting stuff. I like how you brought up the submission about isaac but we'll we'll get on uh we'll get to that in the next verses but um you know one of the things he says here though going back when isaac asked well, where's the the lamb and abraham said in verse eight abraham said god will provide for himself the lamb for the burnt offering my son and so i i see that line i see what abraham says said there as like the message of the entire bible in, in a sense if we had to wrap it up right um, God provided the Messiah, right? God provided Jesus, who is the ultimate sacrifice, who is the most satisfactory sacrifice. And, and that's what restored fellowship between God and man. So, and then also we see, so there's definitely a symbolism here, some level of symbolism uh, between Isaac and Christ. And we see that Isaac carried the wood on his back. Right. So Christ carried his cross on his back. And so we just kind of see some some interesting things there.
0: Definitely. Um, You know, I read uh, something also interesting with regards to child sacrifice. Um, Let me read this passage from Dr. Constable here. The Lord was not asking Abraham to make any greater sacrifices to him, the true God, than his pagan neighbors were willing to make to their false gods. Canaanite religion involved child sacrifice, but we do not know for sure that the Canaanites practiced it it as early as Abraham's time. The demand to sacrifice Isaac was indeed only made to prove that Abraham was not behind the heathen in the self-denying surrender of his dearest to his God, and that when the demand had been complied with in spirit, the external fulfillment might be rejected." It's you know definitely fascinating, obviously we would condemn child sacrifice um, today, and I think God has really always condemned child sacrifice and one of the questions that pops up is why would God ask Abraham to sacrifice his own child and I th- I, th- I think the response to that is really this was a test God never planned for Abraham to sacrifice his child to begin with. He wanted to see a representation of Abraham putting God above everything else, above his pride and joy, Isaac, above descendants, above what he believed to be his entire existence, the purpose of his entire existence. You see abraham in previous chapters complaining to god what can you give me i don't even have an heir who's who am i going to give all my my stuff to basically and so obviously this is really important this is really really important to abraham uh really important to sarah their son isaac so cool you want to jump into verse nine
1: yes i do verse nine Then God came to the place of which God had told him. And Abraham built the altar there and arranged the wood and bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. He said, do not stretch out your hand against the lad and do nothing to him. For I know that you fear God Since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Then Abraham raised his eyes and looked. And behold, behind him a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the place of his son. Abraham called the name of that place. The Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it will be provided. So... What we see here is that um, they got to the mount the, where he was going to do this, and Abraham built the altar, uh, and then he, he bound, so he tied Isaac up and put him on top of the altar to be killed. So then Abraham took the knife to stab his son, and then God showed up, told him to stop, told him not to do it. Uh, God pretty much told him he passed the test. You know, you didn't, you've put God first. You didn't, you didn't withhold your son with him, even though he meant so much to you. And then uh, a ram showed up. And so that was to be the sacrifice. God made a ram show up. And so obviously Abraham uh, would have been super relieved and used the ram as the sacrifice instead. So like Henry already talked about, um, Isaac seems to be extremely submissive and kind of not fighting his father, but letting his father tie him up and put him on this altar. Um, one quick, so also one quick yeah.
0: note there. Sorry to interrupt. It is interesting. One counterbalancing view on this could be that, well, why did Abraham have to tie Isaac up if, you know, he was so submissive in and all of this, um, I think that'd be a fair question. It's hard to say for sure, but at the end of the day, I'm sure Isaac must have been a little bit confused as his father was tying him up to begin with. You know, yeah, would be be my initial thought, right? It's like, Dad, why are you tying me up? You know, it's like, anyways, for your own
1: good, son. Keep going. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I I agree that would be that'd be tough. Yeah, so, um. But we see here that uh, just like when it says in verse 12, you have not withheld your son, your only son, we see that message mirrored in the New Testament and the Gospels when God said, you know, this is my only begotten son. And so God the Father sent his son, Jesus Christ, to, to die for sinners, right? And so we see this super high level of sacrifice uh, in the New Testament with what Christ did on the cross, Um Abraham obviously passed the test and showed some awesome faith here. Verse 15. Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, declares the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son, indeed, I will greatly bless you. And I will greatly multiply your seed as the stars of the heavens and as the sand which is on the seashore. And your seed shall possess the gate of their enemies. In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed, because you have obeyed my voice. So Abraham returned to his young men, and they arose and went together to Beersheba, and Abraham lived at Beersheba. So now now we see here um, that God reached out, or God spoke to Abraham a second time and told him that he was going to reward him because he was willing to sacrifice Isaac, and that he talks again about the how he's going to multiply Abraham's seed, but this time he adds a, a promise on about the success. It almost The promise is almost like a military success promise um, that they're going to experience in the land of Canaan. So God gives that and tells him that they're going to, that the whole nation of Israel is going to receive that success because of Abraham's obedience here. So now Abraham returned uh, with the two men that or, or with the, the men that had come with them uh, on the trip, but had not come up on Mount Moriah.
0: Yeah. And I think I was looking for where you mentioned military success. And yeah, you see that in verse 17, and your seed shall possess the gate of their enemies. So that is a very fascinating point to be made here. Um, I would add that it's interesting that God rewards Abraham's act of obedience with more blessing. And you actually see this quite a few times in Abraham's life. When Abraham has to make a sacrifice, God ultimately blesses that. A few examples are Abraham leaving his homeland, which would have been tough, right? You don't ever see those people ever again whenever you leave, most likely. So it's a big sacrifice. What did God do? He gave Abraham a new, homeland. Abraham left his extended family. God gave him a much larger family. Abraham offered the best of the land to Lot. God gave Abraham more land, better land. Abraham gave up the king of Sodom's reward. God gave Abraham more wealth. Abraham gave up Ishmael. God made Ishmael the father of a multitude, a a father of many nations. God made Ishmael the father of, God made a great nation out of Ishmael. Let's put it that way. Finally, Abraham was willing to give up Isaac. God allowed Isaac to live and through him made Abraham's seed extremely numerous you know i think obviously living your life like the bible you can feel like you're giving up a lot you're making a lot of sacrifices and you're giving up a lot but my personal experience has been god has only always given me much much more than i ever gave up you know and so whenever you're giving something up for god know that that um is likely an opportunity for God to give you more than you, more than you ever gave up. Um, obviously it might not be in the way which you always think, right? It might not be a material blessing like Abraham received or a blessing of children like Abraham received. It might be a blessing, other types of blessings. Um, so there's a lot of people in order to be, in order to come to Christ, they have to sacrifice a lot depending where you are. You know, if you're, you grew up in a Christian family and you're a bit rebellious and you haven't put your faith in God for one reason or another and you just want to live your life the way you live it and then you come to Christ yes you have to give something up but you're never really quite giving up your family there's certain people in the world that they have to sacrifice everything I mean they they have to sacrifice their family they have to sacrifice a lot of what we're that what Abraham had to sacrifice you know their family never wants to talk to them again after they, be, they become a Christian But I would just say that if you're facing one of those situations in which you want to come to Christ and you want to put God first in your life, while it might seem on the front end that you're sacrificing a lot, there's so much more to be gained. Obviously, just a few quick examples. For one, eternal life, okay, which is important. Um, Number two, being able to live a life for God for the rest of our Years on this planet. And number three, I think just a, a tremendous amount of joy, you know, that you get from putting God first in your life. So whatever you think you're sacrificing, you're just like, oh, I can't believe I'm giving this up. I'm losing something. I, I don't want to lose that. As soon as you just let let it go, right? Let, your, let go of whatever it is you're hanging on to. Um, I think you'll find that it's worth it. Verse 20. Now it came about after these things that it was told Abraham, saying, Behold, Milcah also has born children to your brother Nahor. Uz, his firstborn, and Buz, his brother, and Chemuel, the father of Aram, and Chesed, and Hazo, and Pildash, and Jidlath, and Bethuel, Bethuel became the father of Rebekah. These eight Milcah born to Nahor, Abraham's brother. His concubine, whose name was Reumah, also bore Taba and Gaham and Tahash and Maka.
1: Right here, um, I, I believe that this is how the uh, this is how Moses is tying in Rebecca. Right, so we jump straight to this lineage of Rebecca, because that's going to become relevant very soon. That that uh, Abraham is going to want to find a wife for his son, and so it's relevant to know. What, but he wants to find a wife for his son from his own his own people group, not from Canaan. And so because of that. We see kind of her origins here, even though Abraham has not sent his servant to find her yet. So, that's the purpose of, of this being right here, so that uh, Abraham knows it's kind of Abraham knows that he has descend or that he has relatives who who have uh, these children and who who has a daughter named Rebecca. Um, I mean, obviously Abraham doesn't know about Rebecca specifically. It's Abraham's servant that goes and finds Rebecca. But Abraham is being given information to know that he does have relatives that do have children and that there is a place that he can go to get to find Isaac, a wife.
0: Yeah, Rebecca's a big, important character coming up. So keep an eye on her.
1: Yep. So, yeah, I just wanted to say just with the chapter as a whole, though, uh, like Henry had talked about, Uh, you know, full obedience to God doesn't hold anything back. And, And that's where Abraham is such an amazing example here. So I think it's easy for us to read about Abraham's life and see the areas where he fell and be like, man, Abraham, like if I was in your shoes, I wouldn't have lied about my attractive wife being my sister twice. I would have already learned that God will protect me and all these things. Um, So we can look back and we we can, you know, claim hypotheticals, but how much, how many of us are not holding anything back from God, right? Because that's what Abraham did. Abraham didn't hold anything back from God. Mm -hmm. And so that's the area that I would say, if nothing else, that's the area in which Abraham's life should challenge us. I think as, as a Christian it can be really easy to give God all these areas of our life and hold back maybe one area and, and say look I look uh, you know I'm going to give you 100% in these areas and I'm going I'm going I'm going to give you 80 in this one area or I'm going to give you 70 or whatever it is and so full obedience if if we want to be able to to know that we're living fully obedient to our God and Savior that means we're not holding anything back in any area of our life, and that's hard to do. But when we do that, I agree with what Henry said. We will see the, the fruits of it, and I believe we'll be very glad. I know for me personally, I've been very glad when I decided to not hold back any area from God. Even though it was hard before uh, beforehand to not hold it back afterwards, definitely was, was glad I did it.
0: I think, the, I think the biggest jump comes from letting go that last 20% too, you know, that letting go that last 20%, it's such a relief and it really opens you up to serve God in ways that you never thought that you would be willing to do. So let, let go of that 20, last 20%, whatever you're hanging on to, let go of that. It'll definitely be worth it. The message here is not to sacrifice your children, though, unless you get a very clear, very clear. I don't think there's any ambiguity in God's, right? If, if Abraham thought there was any ambiguity in what, you know, like he, he thought he heard something, you know, I don't think he would have made this made such an important right. decision on any type of ambiguity.
1: Right. And we see, though, in the Mosaic Law that actually it was illegal to sacrifice your children. So, yeah, I mean, obviously God would not tell someone to do something that would contradict his word. The, the Mosaic Law had not been written at this time. And you had, you had already clarified, Henry, that it was a test. It was not actually child sacrifice that God was after.
0: Right. So. Chapter 22 complete. Chapter 23. We'll see you next time.